Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bengalis in New York show. My name is Arik and uh, we were repping it for, you know, the Bronx, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and all over the world. So welcome and enjoy. Hey, Tanjil, good to have you on the podcast. I'm really excited to talk to you. Thank you for having me, Kamru. One thing I, I liked about your page, uh, I noticed that your most recent page, you talked about how you had a loss. And I, I, I think that's really important because, you know, people, especially Bengali people, all, all, you know, all, all they want to do is talk about how much money they made, but nobody wants to talk about how much they lost. And I also know that you don't call it a loss. So talk about that. Talk about how, you know, you, the market went down uh, and your portfolio is down, but you don't really consider it a loss. Yeah, we, we, we kind of get emotional when we see that we've lost money. We call it red, like the market is red. All of our stocks are down for that day or week or whatever. Um, so I think emotion is the number one word here. Like you get emotional and some people can't handle it, you know, where you would sell it off um, to cut your losses or to take your wins. But you see, the reason why I say it's not a loss is because I'm someone who invests long term. So I didn't invest in the stocks that I've got in my portfolio thinking that I'm going to quote unquote cash out within a year. I researched these companies with the mindset that they're going to last me or hold me down or whatever last in the industry for five plus years. So understanding that, what happens in the short term, whether it even, even if it goes up, doesn't, I mean, it, it's nice to see it get green. It doesn't mean much to me right now. I care about where it's going to be next year and the year after. So when I say it's not a loss, I'm not selling it. If I sold it, it's a loss. I'm, I'm realizing that loss. So I'm just waiting. And to use the example that you just used in my post, whatever I lost, it kind of reversed itself within the past two days. Uh, actually, yesterday, the market was green and some of it was recovered. Um, so it, it's just like it, stocks follow trends. Uh, they follow the economy. They follow what's happening, uh, and, you know, politically or, or socioeconomically. So, so yeah, I think emotion is the number one thing. Is just managing that. Yeah, I think what you just said is what Warren Buffett has always said: is that when he buys a stock in a company, he's done the research and he feels comfortable in the long-term uh, lifespan of that company. So he doesn't really look at the day-to-day -day ups and downs of that of that stock. But, you know, at the same time, you've come across, you know, a lot of people, you know, in, like I said, even on, in, on social media and Instagram, and uh, they post about how, you know, they made all of this money in one day. How do you, how do you suggest people deal with all of that noise and, because, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just a culture too, right? Like the loudest person will just get the most attention, just the way it is. And obviously the person that says they made $10,000 in a day is going to get the attention. And for you, that's someone that's saying, that's preaching responsibility and saying, oh, long-term, so difficult for young people to listen to that, right? Because, yeah. because when you're 18, 30 seems like it's a long time from now. Yeah, that was... Um the hardest part about first learning it, learning investing, and then now it's also one of the hardest parts in terms of teaching it. I, I can use think of my little cousin who's 18 right now who thinks uh, he's going to make bank within the next day or week. 
So yeah, and, and the noise that you see, you see it on YouTube through whatever entrepreneurs or whomever um, personal finance pages where they're just going to share their gains and gains. And if you're someone who's new, you're just going to think, oh man, I'm just going to get rich off of this. Um, but that's really not the case at all. And that's why I've got, I have my page. It's, it's called Finance for You and I, meaning you and I literally. Uh, it's personal. And I want to share, you know, I share my gains, but I also share my losses to show that it's not always, you know, kind of a uh, rosy or whatever. It's not always nice uh, with stocks. You are going to have days, weeks, maybe even months, who knows, where you're down. And you're going to have to learn how to manage your emotion. I keep going on that because a lot of, in terms of stocks only, a lot of it really is emotion. If you did the research, you'll learn pretty quickly. I, I'm not a professional at all by any means, but I understand stocks enough to, to know which ones are good for me and which ones aren't long term. And I believe, firmly believe anyone can understand stocks. Everyone cannot understand a business like me. I'm not, I'm not made for business. You know, I'm not made for starting my own business. I don't think my, see myself in that light. Um, I'm someone who understands investing and, and different assets. So that is the route I chose. And I think everyone pretty much can. What made you become uh, interested in finance? So it's funny because I actually studied finance at Baruch. I graduated from Baruch College with a bachelor's in finance. And it sucks to say that I, 99% of what I know now has nothing to do with what I, with what I learned in Baruch as a finance major. Uh, it was all my own research. Um, so I didn't start pursuing a finance degree at Baruch thinking that I'm either A, going to work in the finance industry or B, I'm going to be an investor or, or both. I, I, I was 18 years old. I didn't know any better. Uh, Baruch College was one of the best, is one of the best unis, right? Top program for accounting and finance. So my thinking was it's either accounting or finance, whatever, I'll just do it. No idea what, what, well, no idea what I was going to do. Um, so that's really why I chose the major. Uh, and I didn't really understand much, you know, a lot of technical terms with the courses I took and everything. But what I will say is also to the reason why I actually started being interested in it, uh, I'll say personal finance because there's corporate finance, there's government finance. Personal finance is fun. It's about me. It's about us. It's about our expenses, income, uh, our, and I think it's just, it's, it's vital to, to survival in, in, in this world uh, that we live in, where you just need to know the term is financial literacy. Um, so I, I've always heard the term investing. I've always heard the term personal finance thrown around, maybe through people I've talked to on the internet. So it's just curiosity from there. I started Googling the terms. I started YouTubing it. And then I started realizing how important it is, how vital it is to understand personal finance. What are some um, places you look for online, look at online to learn about new concepts? I literally Google it. I started out with how do you invest? I started out with how, what is investing? Then that led me to two or three articles. Then I saw two, a few words in those two or three articles that then led me to a new Google search. So if I, invest, if I Googled how do I invest, Maybe I saw, oh, you should look at stocks and real estate. So then I researched stocks, how to invest in stocks, uh, how to analyze stocks. And then it's just a trickle down effect or snowball effect where 
you know, I did that through Google, through YouTube, and to this day I do that, you know, so it's, it never stops. Um, so I'm basically, in my page, I'm just repeating information uh, and repeating my experiences, but in my own words. I, I like to say in layman's term because I wanted to learn in layman's term, meaning simplified. So I want to now simplify it for people, not just around me personally, but just whoever will come across my page either today or next year. Uh, I like uh, Investopedia. I find Investopedia breaks down topics uh, very simply. Uh, yes. They also have uh, tutorials. And a lot of them are free. And I think that's the other thing. I think it's really important to stress is that people want to pay a lot of money for these courses. And there's a lot of people, even in the Bengali community, offering courses for a lot of money. And I feel like there's so much free material out there. Like you said, you Googled and you're learning about things. Yeah. I don't think you need to pay for some of these courses. And do you feel like anything about your finance degree in Baruch helped you? So here's it. So maybe it's just because I wasn't paying attention to class. I will say when I started researching on my own, the things that I learned at Baruch started making sense. So it was after I graduated yeah. and after I researched on my own that things like inflation, which I did learn at Baruch made sense. Things like mortgage, 30-year versus 15-year at my real estate course, which I didn't understand at the time, but when I researched it on my own, started making sense today. So yes, so I did learn in that sense. Uh, at the time, I didn't realize. Options trading, which I don't do, but because I researched it, just to research it now, I understand it a little bit. And some of the things that those courses at Brew taught me make sense. Yeah, I think what you said, I think is absolutely true. I think it's just, a, you know, people say, oh, I don't learn anything and I didn't learn anything in uh, university, and that's probably true for certain some things. But mm-hmm. I think I'm the same boat. Same boat. I was an econ major, but I really didn't understand. Yeah, it's funny that you said inflation because that's the first thing I thought of also. Because I didn't really understand the, and I was an econ major, and I didn't understand the concept of inflation really until after I started working. And I was an econ major, and I did okay. I'm sure you did. Your grades were okay too. You know, you did whatever you needed to do to pass the classes, but really to yeah. To really understand something, you really do have to have somewhat of an interest. Um, and I think that's important. Correct. And, and I think you can relate. The reason why it made sense to you after you graduated is because that knowledge or that was already instilled in you at college. It was just in you. You just had to kind yeah. of tap into it more. You just had yeah. to, yeah, that's how I feel yeah. about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's funny because our, our most popular episode on the podcast, uh, most listened to is the episode we did on college or not, not no college. So basically, t- had a conversation about whether college is necessary. And I think that the I think that for certain fields it's necessary. For certain fields, it's not. I think what you said earlier too, like there's so much you can just learn on your own nowadays. Like, yeah. you know, Google and Investopedia. There's so much options. Like you said, there's so many tools out there to learn options. Why don't you specifically? Why don't you? Uh, why don't you trade options? So, this is just my opinion. The day trading world, the uh, options, you know, they've got those out there. I just look at it as gambling, very skilled, very knowledgeable gambling. These guys are skilled, talented, it's very technical, but it's still gambling, albeit to me. And that's not what I'm in it for. I think because it, when you're doing that, well, that's not really getting you to financial freedom, in my opinion. Just in my opinion, if I did that, if I did day trading or options trading, my goals to financial freedom are not. I'm not like advancing there just yeah. because you're kind of getting profits. Um, but what are you doing with that profit? Right. So it's just not for me. Yeah. It's just long term. You're, you're a long-term investor and, and that's, yeah. I think that that makes sense. And I thought also uh, we brought up emotions earlier 
I think part of it is that, like, I think to trade in options and day trade, you really have to be in control <laughs> of your options, okay. of your emotions, because it's daily, you know, swings of 0.01 cents that will destroy your 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 um, your option. So you you will make it invalid, make it um, valueless. So that's really important. Um, yeah, and talk about real estate. How did you get involved in real estate? So I'm not in full involved yet. So just like I was researching stocks three years ago, uh, that's me with real estate right now. Um, so that is definitely my next, uh, hopefully, inshallah, you know, my next venture is where I look at two main assets for me, stocks and it's real estate. Uh, and those, I can, uh, coincidentally, those are the two biggest asset classes um, that, you know, they say produce the, the most, generate the most wealth. But real estate, I am interested in it specifically for the, the passive income bit of it, though I use the term passive income loosely because you're still doing work for it. Um, but it's just, again, it's all about the financial freedom term for me. And I think that the only way for me to reach it, whenever that is, if it takes decades even, um, is by having multiple assets. And I think that's just what what you're taught, even you hear it anywhere on Google or YouTube as well, and it makes sense why. So you know what it sounds to me like, and it, I, I like I am, I'm liking like I like your mindset because it's it, you're, what you're saying is basically here's I have this page, but I'm not I'm not an expert on any of these things, but I'm learning, um, and here's my path toward you know gaining yes. knowledge, and you know here follow me like so I, I I think that's really I think that's really cool and that's admirable. I view, I view it as me just shouting to anyone who will listen because uh, I think just I get a natural, it might sound weird or whatever, but satisfaction. If So I'm, I'm again, I go back to my little cousin who's 18, my brother who's 10 years older uh, than I, 18 year old, another guy who's in his 30s, colleagues who are in their 20s, um, a close friend who I text every day who's my age, different age ranges who share stock updates with me who, who say, oh my God, I, this post that you shared um, helped me do this or do that, or I learned this from your post. I get it like a, a, almost a high from it. It's just a natural satisfaction that, oh, that's, that's pretty dope. Um, you don't need to tell me that, but thank you for doing so. But that's really what my page is there for. It's like almost I'm just shouting and anybody who's going to listen, well, listen, take it, uh, take it and run. But what I do always make sure to mention is take the information, but also research on your own and then make decisions based on that. But like you said earlier, it's free information. That's my point. I don't look at it from a business standpoint or monetary standpoint. It's literally just, like you said, putting my journey out there, things that I found helpful for me. Hopefully it helps you get ahead of where you were yesterday. So my 18-year-old cousin is way ahead of where I was at 18 because I didn't know any of this until I was 21, 22. And I get satisfaction from that. You have a day job too, right? What do you do for uh, your day job? Yeah, so I work for a company called Terrapin. Uh, Terrapin is a global trade show organizer. So basically, mm. in simple terms, we, we make large conferences for different sectors. Uh, I was recently promoted, so I'm, I currently serve as general manager for oh, two cool. different... Yeah, yeah so, so it's two different sectors. One is the retail sector. I oversee two big events in that space all about... It's called Home Delivery World. So it's all about how retailers deliver to consumers, how they get their products to us. And then the second sector is all about accounting and finance, ironically. Uh, it's a new role. It's part of my new promotion, but I just took it on. The company has, um, it's literally called the accounting and finance show. So it's all about all things accounting and finance. So 
uh, it will start basically end of this month. So that is pretty cool. So they're gonna, it's going to be in person or Zoom? The, so right now, that's a good question. So we are physical events, <laughs> which is the challenge that we're facing as a company or even as an industry, because my retail event gathers thousands of attendees. So right now, for this year, we, we had to transition all of them to be virtual. So they're all being held virtually right now. I actually have coming, one coming up on the 22nd and 23rd of this month. And it's all just Zoom phone calls, but where we use a comprehensive event platform where it gives you almost the feel of, a, of an event. The main thing that we're providing is the, the networking. I think the networking is the main thing for these executives, and we're making sure that we're providing that. But it's a, it's a big challenge for sure that we're currently facing. Uh, and I think the company is doing a pretty good job at handling it. Yeah, I think just like after COVID and hopefully when there's a vaccine, it's like conferences are going to pop. People are going to want to go back and start mingling like it's gonna be, it's gonna be... Uh, i hope i hope you're right <laughs> for our well, sake, maybe, maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong because maybe <laughs> people are a little aware but you know that makes me think so what's what do you think will pop after covid after we have a vaccine what in terms of investments uh what are you looking at for uh the in the market for to kind of take off post uh, covid so i mean look the it's it's weird. I can't really answer that now because things that you wouldn't expect to happen are happening now. For example, the economy uh, has been terrible this year, but the stock market has been crazy. It's just been going up and up and up. Normally, you know, obviously the stock market goes, it doesn't go directly parallel with the economy. But again, yeah. I use the term emotion. Many people you would think, or I assume, would just sell off their investments because they need to hold on to cash. But no, the stock market uh, spiked up and now it's kind of going through a correction um, where some where it's a, there are some red days, like I mentioned. Real estate. I would expect real estate to, to plummet, but nope. Uh, it seems like the real estate market is, is going. People are buying houses and that obviously has a lot to do with what's going on with the interest rates, uh, lower interest rates. People, you know, obviously are, are borrowing more money to, to go ahead and get that house at a lower interest rate. Um, so uh, my answer to your question normally would have been that, oh, I expect the real estate market to at least recover, but it's already spiked up. So, yeah, you know, uh, it's basically my way of saying, I don't really know. Um, I'm just yeah. thinking that it's a crazy time with investing, but for me, the way I look at it is a long-term investor again, I don't care like ups and downs. I'm following a strict budget and I'm investing accordingly through the yeah. ups and downs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it'll pan out at the end, uh, or whatever end, end means for you. The other thing is, um, other thing I think people forget that they're starting is for short-term um, gains. You're also, you know, there's a, there's tax consequences uh, with that. So I think, you know, if you're buying and selling the next day, and you're, you know, calculating your profit, you also have to consider taxes, uh, which is higher if it's short-term, whereas five years, like you said, you know, you're almost getting taxed next to nothing because you've held on for so long. So that's something else to consider that I don't think people think about. Put a big smile on my face because that's like one of the most vital things when you're investing. It's like, to elaborate on what you said, it's, uh, it, so for example, the, the IRS will tax you based on a long-term capital gains tax or short-term gains. So, so if you hold company A, shares in company A, speaking stocks, uh, for over a year, the most you'd get taxed on it is 20%, I believe. Uh, there are different brackets, but the most you'd get taxed is 20%, which is a long-term. Compare that to income tax, right? It's, yeah. it's far, far less. Uh, but if you held it for less than a year, 
you will be charged pretty much the same as your income tax, which is what their 30% bracket or whatever it is. Um, yeah. So that, that is definitely something that, again, I had to learn on my own. I did not learn this in college. You know? So yeah. and anything tax, uh, real estate, the tax benefits of real estate is almost like a cheat code. Uh, the amount of things we can deduct, which are things I did never learned in, until I Googled and YouTube, but it's crazy that, we don't know this stuff that we aren't really taught this stuff. Um, so it is vital that we do teach ourselves. Are you um, part of the big, are you part of the bigger pockets network? Um, no, I'm not. I follow them. Uh, so yeah. those are one of, that's one of the, you know, pages I really look up to uh, them. There's another one. Uh, there's another gentleman named Graham Stephen, Stephen, yeah. Stephen or Stephen, yeah, Stephen, Stephen, however yeah. you pronounce it. Uh, I love that guy. I love his page. A lot of YouTubers. Andre Jick is another one for dividend okay. investing. Like, what's his name? Matt from Bigger Pockets. Uh, I forget his name, but the, the bearded guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I listen to him a lot. Yeah, I like I like their podcast, uh, and I'm a part of their network. Uh, I've been to some of their meetings, and it's their uh, meetups, and uh, they have some you know amazing investors that are done a lot of insane things in a short period of time. But I think you know the tax thing also applies certainly to uh, real estate because I, I always feel. I always find people like, you know, hear stories about, you know, buying and selling, flipping like right away. And but even with that, and I, and I think you can make this if you know how if you have like the right connects with uh, contractors and things like that, you can do well. But even that has tax consequences. But I do think yeah. there's, there's, there's a lot of opportunity in, in flipping. Like I said, if you have the right group, like so a lot of it is project management and getting things, uh, you know, fixed in time for you to you know be able to make a decent profit but yeah there's so much opportunity I, I agree and i feel like there's you know there's a lot of noise out there too uh, around what you can learn um and there's some good information out there too you just have to weed out it's just so so difficult because there's so much information out there it's so difficult it's like information it's the information overload like the internet yeah. is just like so much information like what do you believe like one person is telling one person is trying to sell you the world and another person is being more reasonable like it's so difficult to listen to the reasonable person it's overwhelming. I, I've had to, I learned that real really quick. So I, yeah. filtering it out is one of the biggest challenges because you, you're saying, you know, it's, it's everything. It's the news, it's the media, it's, it's publications, magazines, websites, uh, personal people in your daily lives, quote unquote entrepreneurs, uh, YouTube influencers. Yeah. It's just everywhere. There's too many sources and too much information. So yeah, you know, weeding out is definitely a challenge. Yeah. And a lot of, uh, you know, you know, materialism that's, uh, pushed uh pushed in front of you so that's difficult to like turn away like you know these guys on youtube that love showing off their cars and uh oh, i can't you're saying i can't own a lambo next year come real yeah exactly. <laughs> you can lease one because that's what they do i think i'll rent it yeah because that's what they do they they lease one for a week for the video um i mean you can certainly do that and uh, yeah even that kind of stuff it's it's really cringy it's really interesting but they get so yeah. many views and so much, uh, so yeah. much, uh, for so many followers. And, uh, you know, even during the whole crypto craze, right? Like you, I mean, when, when uh, Bitcoin was at 15 and, you know, 15,000 or whatever, you had so many crypto experts that were like starting pages and like, because they made some money on Bitcoin and, uh, everybody was a crypto expert, right? Everybody knew everything about Bitcoin. It's supposed to be the greatest thing. And now they're still in their parents' basement and like, yeah. Yeah, the, the crypto thing, man, is, uh, I don't know. This is all, like, they're, they're just concept selling right now, right? I mean, you don't know yet, speculation. So 
Maybe yeah. they'll be right in a few years, but right now, whatever. So each well, listen, listen. Some I know people that that took it for what it was, and they made a lot of money off of it, and they yeah. got out at the right time. And what you said earlier is absolutely like what you said earlier about gambling, and the smartest people looked at it that way, and they said, okay, here's ten thousand dollars that I can gamble. I don't need this money. Not that I don't need this money, but I can. I'm okay with gambling this money into Bitcoin. And they did. They turned that ten thousand into one hundred fifty thousand, and great, good for them. And they got out right in time. Yeah. You know. And those, are the, yeah, those are people like uh, smart. I have a friend that did that. He's living yeah. like a king in Malaysia. He made like half a million dollars. <laughs> but if you talk I'm to dope. him, but if you have, if you talk to him, he's like, listen, I got really lucky. I don't know what I was doing. I put some money in Bitcoin, just thinking, okay, maybe it'll do well, maybe it won't. I don't know anything about Bitcoin. It just like popped and like I just sold and, you know, <laughs> that's it. And he just got lucky. And those are the people like, he's just like honest about it. Listen, I just got super lucky and I got him, I got out at the right time. I believe, and I, I like, I generally just like, I like, I like, I, I, if somebody tells me that, I will believe them if they're giving me advice on something else versus somebody that's telling me, Dude, you're gonna make ten hundred thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Major props to that guy. First of all, uh, your yeah, friend. he's living in Malaysia yeah. like a king. <laughs> like literally living like a king. Because Malaysia, five. Imagine half a million dollars in Malaysia. What can we do with he, that? As he should. Yeah. Yeah. Can't blame yeah. him for that. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it was great talking to you. I think that um, actually, I wanted to ask you what your parents think of uh, generally your family and your parents. What do they think generally? Generally about like investing and what you're trying to yeah. do with the Instagram page and, and everything else you're doing. They don't even know about it. So I come from the, you know, my, my parents born and raised in back home, BD, hard workers. My dad is a hustler you know, came here when he was a teenager and all he knew was work. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 All he knew was work. He came here in his teenage years uh, and worked in the hotel industry his whole life. And on that, he supported his parents. He supported us. Raised what does he do now? He retired. So he retired in his 60s. Um, Good for him. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, yeah. Deservedly, deservedly so. Uh, but yeah, so that's all, you know, I was taught. It's just hard work. Investing, the term investing is a foreign language in yeah. my household. Yeah. So that's another challenge, you know, where my, my father you know, provided everything for us. So we didn't have to do much. Um, I'm the youngest of four brothers and we're blessed to, to have a dad who just hustled and, and all he knew was work. And that's also a part of the reason why I, I really am passionate about investing because my thing is, my point of view, this is just my opinion. My father did not bust his butt off to come to America and do what he did for us, for us to do the same thing. He retired in, in his 60s. I don't want to retire in my 60s. And my father didn't do what he did for me to work until I'm 60. Uh, he sacrificed himself, you know, pretty much. There's only two things that he desired. And I think many of your audience can relate is he's, he's religious, uh, us for us to be faithful. And number two, hardworking in life, raise a family. So for us to now, I think it would like hurt my dad if he saw us working until we were 60. Because he didn't do all this work. Uh, and he's without knowing they invest. They, I don't, maybe many yeah. Bangladeshi people can relate. They have property in Bangladesh, right? They have land. That's doing, well. That's doing well. That's doing well. Yeah, without even realizing, you know, just, realizing. that's just all they knew, right? Yeah, it just wasn't taught to us because they handled everything. So that's yeah. kind of the downside to it. So you you got to teach yourself, and I think many Bangladeshis can relate. 
the term investing really is a foreign language, um, and it shouldn't be. It, it should be, my opinion, uh, it, it is a foreign language because my cousins, myself, my, my inner circle, no one really knows what it is. You just think it's a get-rich-quick scheme. That's interesting. I, I actually can't think of a Bangla word for investing. That's very interesting. I'm going to find <laughs> out. That's a very good question. That's a very good question. Yeah. I'm going to find out. Uh, I'm, a, I'm trying to think of it in Sileti. <laughs> oh, yeah, Sileti. Wow, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm Sileti. Uh, I don't even know. Yeah, yeah I'll, no. I'll think of it. But, you know, I think the business is called Dabsha. Dabsha is business. Dabsha. Um, and I think that, uh, in Ushuddo, and I think that's, that has a, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but Dabsha has a very, uh, is considered a, a pejorative. I think a lot of people consider, um, you know, people that do Dabsha to be schemy. And so, mm-hmm. I, I, but I, I, even that, I think, um, I think that needs to change because I think uh, it's different. I think in Bangladesh, uh, people that are not educated or quote unquote are not educated go into Bepsha. And I think uh, the mindset is, has you know, moved here and people think that people that do business are you know, skimmy. I don't think that's the case. I think we need to change that. So I actually would love to see young people you know, do, start more businesses um, mm-hmm. and not go into corporate and you know, things that I did, I kind of feel like I had to do, but I feel like, I, I feel like uh, more people are People like Gary should start businesses. I think that's that's the only way. I mean, Indians have been doing that, you know, for the last 20, 30 years and doing amazing. Yeah, I love to see it, man. I love to see any, any, not just Bengalis, but brown people doing something here. Because again, you know, our, most of our parents came here to, to make it better for us. So take advantage of it while we still can. So Absolutely. Uh, so um, I'm following your page. I think it's great. Uh, looking forward to seeing it grow and, uh, and when it does, come back and we'll talk more about, you know, how your portfolio is doing in five years or in two years. I appreciate that, Kamril. Uh, shout out to everyone that's going to view it or, you know, your followers and everybody. Shout out to your page as well. I love what you're doing. I messaged you because I didn't even know your page existed, honestly, until I saw certain people that I know or know of on yeah. your page and people resharing it. I was like, oh my God, this, there's this page. Uh, that's what, Humans of New York uh, for Bengalis. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I find that really dope. So keep on going, man. I think you're approaching 10K followers, so keep, keep it going. Yeah, it's organic too. I mean, we've done yeah. very little, like, you know, really like gimmicky stuff. Uh, just like this talent show we're doing is kind of gimmicky, but everything's just been organic uh, and it's been fun. Thanks. Appreciate it. With diamonds and pearls, yeah, yeah. Bengalis in New York, all over the world. Uh, it's the bony show. Hey, uh, can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live. From the slang we spit to the gangs we with. It doesn't matter, we the essence of the Bangladesh. I say, hey, come on. Can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live.